Good day, and welcome to the Talk It Out podcast. My name is Neil Bailey Harper, and I'm here today in focus with a matter of perspective on mice, on the media, and on the attributes of a good man. The music I'm listening to today begins with the great Oscar Peterson, the Oscar Peterson trio. The song is On Green Dolphin Street. I hope today finds you well. And if not well, I hope you're getting better. Um, it's a wonderful day in the Northeast. I'm right outside of Washington, D.C. Wonderful day in the Northeast, except for, you know, the shooting we had yesterday. And now we're getting back to that place, regrettably, where we're talking about shootings. And if we're talking about shootings, we're talking about guns. But today, I want to talk about perspective. Yeah, it could be your perspective on guns. It could be your perspective on shootings, but perspective in general. Um, used to be Webster's definition. Now it's Google's, and Google's is probably taking their information from Webster. Again, this is the great Oscar Peterson. The song is on Green Dolphin Street. My uh, definition, well, not mine, but Google's definition on the word perspective uh, one of the several definitions, but this one I will read. A particular attitude towards or way of regarding something. A particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something. A point of view. And another definition says it's the true understanding of the relative importance of things. A true understanding of the relative importance of things. A sense of of proportion. Um, I'll tell you why this interests me. I'm going. I said of mice, <clears throat> of of the media. My perspective on mice. My perspective on media. And my perspective on of a, a good attributes of a good man. So I'll tell you why I got to perspective as this topic today. When I get to the last thing I want to discuss, but first I want to talk about mice. Your perspective on mice, on rodents. See, again, perspective is a true understanding of the relative importance of things and a particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something. There was a cartoon when I was a kid and the uh, cat's name was Jinx and the two mice were Pixie and Dixie. And Jinx would always say, I hate Mises to pieces. Jinx speaks for me, 100%. And the strange thing about it was when I was a kid, we had our cat and his name was Jinx. I hate mice. Um, I've always hated mice. It's something that goes back to my childhood, as I just said. Jinx, our cat, was kind of older when I was a kid. And here's the thing, part of the reason why I hate mice. My brother, Billy, and I, we were the only two males in the house, surrounded by nine sisters, mother and grandmother. Oh, I'm sorry, my Uncle Linwood was there. But in North Philadelphia at that time, the house next door to us was abandoned and had been abandoned for years. Hence, rubbish, trash, mice. We had a drop ceiling put on the third floor of the row house that we lived in. The room Billy and I shared was on the third floor. There was a drop ceiling in our room, and you could hear the little footsteps at night. Sometimes the mouths dropping in, but they couldn't get down on us. 
but they were just a drop ceiling away. So I hate mice. Um, I really hate mice. But Jinx, our cat, was so cool. He would catch a mouse and hold him by the back of his neck between his teeth and walk around the house. And we could see the mice kicking and moving and kicking and moving, but he couldn't get away. All of a sudden, Jinx would just snap his, shake his head and snap the, the neck of the mice. I thought that was the coolest thing at that time. That was cool to me. The mice was dead. But what Jinx never did was really dispose of the mice that he killed. He just put them somewhere. Back to Billy and I. Our job as the young males of the house was to go throw the mice out. Even though they were dead, we despised it. That, that fear and that anxiety never left me growing up. I still hate mice. Um, about three months ago in the lovely house I have in the suburb of Northern Virginia, a baby mouse ran across my living room floor. A baby mouse. I've seen enough of them to know this was a baby mouse. Now, I'm at that time being visited by my two adult sons. Three grown men in the house. And my youngest son bought his dog, who is a full-blooded pit bull. Not yet one year old, but we're all in the house. We see this baby mouse run across the living room floor. And none of us want to go near it. I would say somebody screamed, but I'm not going to go there. My son took his dog out on the patio. Didn't want him to digest anything that wasn't healthy for him since he was a full-blooded pit bull. My other son, my oldest son, my namesake, made sure he stayed a healthy distance away. He could see what was going on. He was not going to involve himself in any way that was what was going on. Me, the father, the true OG of the house, found a book or a shoe, something that from three to four feet away, I'm sure I could hit that baby mouse with. Not only that, I found some raid, some bug spray, something from three or four feet away, I'm sure I could spray that mouse with. After, and, and here's the thing, we have uh, pest control in our neighborhood. We have it for our house and around in, indoors and outdoors of our house. So I called Terminex to ask about them coming out because their job is to keep the mice out of my house. Um, a woman answered the phone and every time that mouse moved, she could hear two or three grown men with real anxiety over a baby mouse. Didn't think about it then but I could only imagine what was going through her head. Maybe she hears it all the time. On the other side of the phone, it was, in fact, a baby mouse. Um, sadly, it left us that day. Uh, the baby mouse passed away. And again, as the true OG of the house, I was the man who had to handle it. Perspective. Why... Do we fear a tiny mouse? Not even a tiny mouse, a mouse. Dare I say a rat? Why do we fear 
Some of us fear that greatly. Some of us keep them as pets. Yeah, I've known people who have rats for pets. Not because they just are in their house, but because they go get them and put them in a cage and play with them from time to time. We all have different perspectives on sometimes different perspectives on the same thing. Sometimes that's not healthy, but it's not hurtful. Sometimes it is hurtful. Um, This music right here is from Andre Previn. Matter of fact, the Ray Brown trio included, I mean, sorry, the Oscar Peterson trio included Ray Brown and Ed Thigpen. This is also Ray Brown with Grady Tate, Mundo Lowe, Warren Vachi, Jim Pugh, Richard Todd, all with Andre Previn. It's I'm beginning to see the light. So, I'll never have a healthy perspective on mice or rodents. I'm always going to see them that way. I am not as terrified of as, as terrified of them as I used to be. Um, not like as when my kids were little. Maybe 20 years ago when I saw a mouse in the house and I decided it'd be a good night for all of us to go to a hotel. I'm not like that anymore. Um, I'll take him out if it's me or him or me or her now. But that's my perspective on that. What's yours? Secondly, the media. Now, there's two things I, I like to say. I look at Entertainment media and information media. Those two collide all the time. Um, I go, I'm old enough, I'm a man of a certain age, and maybe a lot of you are old enough to remember when news, television news, was not a for profit division of the networks. Um, There was the entertainment division, there was the news division, but the news division was not for profit. I believe that a lot of that changed in the 70s or maybe late 60s, but I know that by the time Ted Turner bought on his networks, news was completely for profit, and everybody had to make that shift because now the news division, the sacred division of information had become a for profit division. There was no more Walter Cronkites. There were now, uh, oh, I don't know, so many different ways to try to reach people. And the news became very watered down. Now, I was always in favor of having maybe what we call the A block of a TV program. The first 10 or 15 minutes should be real hard news. Full stop. After that, you can involve your opinions. You can involve a little bit of color. You can do all of that kind of stuff. But some news has to be still news. My perspective. A lot of us, through the lead of some media, mix the news in with opinion, which dilutes the facts, which takes away belief in the truth. Let me say that again. We mix the news with opinion so much that it dilutes the facts and takes away belief in what is true. 
we're full blown into that right now. Um, and it's not good for anybody. Because at some point in time, there is truth and there are lies. There is right and there is wrong. In most situations, regardless of what your perspective is, there is a truth and there are lies. Yeah. Even in sports media, um, and I love sports, but even in sports media, we make it so that it fits what most people want to make it fit their perspective. Okay, I guess that's why they're, they're there. They're in the speculation business in sports media. But when you think about, when we talk about uh, teams playing and one team upsets the other team, that term came about more than 100 years ago when a horse race was won by a horse name upset, which beat one of the great horses of all time, Man of War, in 1919 in Saratoga, Florida. So... Since this horse's name was Upset, he wasn't supposed to win. All the money went on Man of War. But when Upset won, the way that word was used suddenly changed. So now if 20 20 people in the media, 20 out of 20, say that a certain team is supposed to win a game, and the other team wins the game, It doesn't matter if the other team was better than the team they picked. It became an upset because 20 experts saw it a different way. Perspective. Um, Sometimes it's healthy. In sports, it's entertainment. Sports are games. So that can be entertainment. In the news, it can be unhealthy. It could be harmful. Um, So many times people give you what is just information or opinion and they call it news. And yes, grown-ups are responsible for knowing what they're listening to. I, you know, I can't get with this culture of people that want to say that every, we have to show these grown-ups what they're missing or they need help in figuring out what is real and what is wrong. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. Be a damn grown up. Walk and chew gum. Um, If you don't believe something that you heard from one station, turn to another one. If you don't do that, open a book. Get the information yourself. I listened to something yesterday. Um, I scan the different airways when I'm driving. And I was listening to AM570 in Washington, D.C. This is uh, the great Walter Bishop Jr. from New York City. Um, the Walter Bishop Jr. trio. The song is I Got It Bad. So I'm, I'm in the car and I'm listening to AM570. And I will not say who the show host was. And I will not say who the guest was. Partly because I don't remember. Partly because if I did remember, I still wouldn't. But they were talking about um, how inner city crime. They were talking about guns and how the narrative is never about blacks killing blacks. That's the one thing that's not discussed as much as other shootings 
or or police being or police shooting black people. You know, that's more discussed than black on black crime. And she went through the this is her perspective based on in her ways some facts. Now some numbers do make sense. Yeah. Black people kill black people a lot. Yeah. Back to the hood, that's you know, another perspective. But black people do kill black people a lot. And her perspective was that in New York City, um, almost 100% of drive-by shootings are done by people of color, black or Hispanic. She might be right. She might be right. That's her perspective on that. But what she also would be right on, I didn't hear her perspective, is... What about mass shootings? Because her, the lady's thought process was that um, the black-on-black shootings were happening and drive-by shootings were happening because of the breakdown in the culture of the black family. Well, that's... If 100% or close to 100% of drive-by shootings are done by black and brown people, okay, I'll give you that. Well, maybe 90% of mass shootings are done by white people. Not people of color. 90% are done by white people. Um, Does this happen because of a breakdown in the family structure too? Again, we can have perspectives. I just did a little bit of whataboutism. Yeah, and I shouldn't be doing that either. But that's, I can agree with her perspective to a point and also suggest a see if they agree with mine so see instead of complaining about the media everybody has a phone now everybody can report anything you can become part of the media you are part of it if you're listening without researching if you're talking without understanding if you're um, agreeing without corroboration check yourself but, but you're in the mix. Again, reality TV is entertainment, regardless of how bad it is. And a lot of it is truly bad. It's entertainment. News, we have to carve out a block where news is just news. You can have a perspective We can tend to disagree, but we have to be disagreeing about the same thing. Okay? We have to be disagreeing about what is real as opposed to what is not. Okay. That being said. um, So, I talked about um, mice. I talked about the media. Now, attributes of a good man. This whole perspective thing came about for me today because of something I watched on ESPN 3030 about uh, the paternal legacy. The legacy of the late Penn State head coach of football, Joe Paterno. I am originally from Philadelphia. I have had family members and friends go to Penn State University, what we knew in, the, in that day as Happy Valley. Um, I've never been a big fan of Penn State. 
probably for the same reasons I was never a big fan of Notre Dame University, just from a sports standpoint. I respect the graduation and all that stuff. I'm just talking about from a pure sports thing. I never really followed, or no, I followed, I never really liked Penn State or Notre Dame. I don't know what the reasons. I don't know. That, that was just my, my thing. But um, ESPN did a big thing on the legacy of Joe Paterno featuring Joe Paterno's son. And they went to talk about how much good he did for the university, um, how many games being the all-time winningest Division I football coach uh, in college, which he is, um, and his overall effect and presence and how everybody spoke on the fact that Penn State University is Joe Paterno or Joe Paterno is Penn State University at that for the 60 years that he was employed there, you know, maybe 15 years, I believe, as an assistant coach, and the next, the remaining 40, 44 years, something as the head coach of football, a very successful national program. Maybe the reason why Penn State got a lot more enrollees to come there, um, both for sports and just for academics. It's a good school. But the profile of the football program Raise the profile of the university. Hence the reason why even today, most states that have uh, big athletic programs at their major universities, the highest, employ- the highest paid employee in many states is usually the college football coach or can be the college football coach. And I understand that. It's entertainment. I am happy now with the NIL, the uh, name and the name and uh, image and likeness being in the mix, that some of these young guys don't have to wait, don't have to continue to make money for others through the use of their own likeness. Um, the Fab Five in the 1990s with Chris Webber and them were really. Notice the fact that if I'm walking around without any money and I look into a store and see a jersey with my number on it, whether it has my name on the back of it or not, people know who's wearing that jersey now and you're making money off me. College uh, EA Sports, I believe, discontinued um, college basketball games because of Ed O'Banion, a former University of Southern Cal- uh, UCLA foot basketball player challenged. Why aren't we getting paid if I if I can play a game with myself in it? I'm not making any money. So all that's changed. I get that, and I'm glad for that. But getting back to perspective, what got me most about the show on Paternal's legacy was the perspective. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not a okay. We can have it both ways, but for me, sometimes you can't. See, I believe every man has a choice to be a man 
or to be a good man. As much as I can in my life, I've tried to give myself that choice. I've been successful in having that choice to choose to be a man. Or I can choose to be a good man. Um, the whole thing, that, the reason why the paternal legacy came up was the Jerry Sandusky situation where Jerry Sandusky was basically molesting children. This man who worked for Joe Paterno, very closely with Joe Paterno for many years, who through his association with Joe Paterno was able to start a foundation to help young boys. How evil is that? A child molester opens up a foundation to help the boys he wishes to molest. Um, he was able to do this because of his knowledge about, his, about football, because of his success in the Penn State football program, and because of his association with Joe Paterno. I understand Joe Paterno was non-complicit in all of Mr. Sandusky's actions. But here's where I go with the man and the good man. Firstly, Sandusky is an evil man. He's, a, he's an evil man. I don't want to call him sick. I want to call him evil. The young man who initially brought this whole thing to light, the assistant coach who walked in when he saw Mr. Sandusky molesting a young child. He's just a man too. See, a man would see that um, and go tell another man what he saw. A good man would stop what he is seeing right there. A man would see what the assistant coach saw but instead of going to tell another man, he would stop right there what he was seeing. When Joe Paterno found out, a man in his position with his power decides to slow walk it through the channels and talk about getting Sandusky help. A good man would have thought firstly about the children Sandusky was hurting. A man seeks to get his friend help. A good man seeks to help the child his friend was hurting. It's a matter of perspective. That's mine. Talk to somebody. Have them talk to you. This is the Talk It Out podcast on a Saturday. Be blessed, everybody.